Thank you. With the overturning of Roe versus Wade, some believe other constitutionally protected rights, such as contraception, same-sex marriage, could also be overturned. Do you support federal protections for such rights, or should these decisions be left to the states? Mr. Young, you will go first. Thank you. This is an issue of settled law. The Obergefell decision came down several years ago, and, and um, uh, eight of nine Supreme Court justices are on record indicating that this is settled law, that it is not being called into question. There are no actions at the local or state level to challenge uh, the Obergefell decision. So what changed? Well, I'll tell you what changed. Chuck Schumer is looking for an election year issue to distract voters' attentions away from the things that are most on their mind, like inflation, like the open borders that have led to opioids uh, coming into our neighborhoods and, and uh, caused crime uh, to increase in our cities, uh, like the challenges overseas, including the botched exit from Afghanistan. So it has, to some measure, I have to say, distracted people. But uh, if, if presented with this issue, my first thought is, why does big government regulate marriage altogether? Uh, they certainly don't regulate baptisms and other religious sacraments. But my second is, I'll listen to Hoosiers and allow them to weigh Thank in. Thank you, Mr. Young. Mr. Siniak. Look, to say that this issue is a distraction is a gross misunderstanding for Hoosier families. It's out of touch with what Hoosiers are going through. I've had many people reach out to me saying, what next, interracial marriage, homosexual marriage, non-traditional marriage, what, what is next with the Supreme Court? And these are very real issues that are touching Hoosier families and American families. And we have to stand with civil liberties. Ideally, the federal government would never regulate or license marriage. But we're at a place in our society where we do. And when we do that, we have to look at it with equality. And that's equality for all families in America and all Hoosier families, no matter what that looks like. Thank you. Mr. McDermott. I support same-sex marriage. It's a right that was granted by the United States Supreme Court, and it should be never trampled on like Roe versus Wade should be, was trampled on. Senator Young was asked this very question about a month ago on TV, and he answered basically the same way, saying it should be Indiana that decides whether or not same-sex marriage is allowed in its state. And I tell you what, we already know how Indiana feels on this issue, because for a number of years, Indiana outlawed same-sex marriage in our state. Only until Obergefell was passed by the United States Supreme Court were same-sex couples allowed to marry. I think it's abysmal that you have a U.S. Senator that can't say yes or no whether or not he supports same-sex marriages. They're incredible couples. I have a number of friends involved in same-sex marriages and they're happy families, healthy families. Welcome to the party. I tell you what, I think it's a, it's a disgrace that we're talking about this issue. I think it's a disgrace that we're even fearing that the U.S. Supreme Court could take away another right and I will fight to codify Obergefell while I'm fighting to codify Roe versus Wade in the U.S. Senate. Thank you. We received a number of questions from Hoosiers regarding immigration. Are you concerned about the number of immigrants crossing the southern border? And if so, what is your proposed solution? Mr. Siniak, we'll begin with you. This is a very personal issue to me. I, had two, I have two siblings that are immigrants. While I understand that we need to secure the borders, like a castle, we need to have a moat. We also need to have a drawbridge that's wide and welcoming for those who want to pursue the American dream, who want to work here, and want to flourish in America. Immigration is something that both Republicans and Democrats have failed on. Their policies continue to fail those who want to pursue an American dream. 
We have to look at a process that still vets them so that we are secure, but allows for more fluid immigrants to be able to come to America. We need workers in America. We need, we are the melting pot. And this is something that we are founded on. Many different groups come together and live the American dream. Let's continue that and allow immigration and make sure that there is a way into America. Thank you. Mr. McDermott? This is also an important issue to me. I'm married to an immigrant. My wife, Marissa, is 100% Polish. Immigrated to America, naturalized American citizen. I'm very proud of her. I support immigration. I support immigrants. And, and, I, and our immigration system is broken. And we gave Senator Young 12 years to fix this problem. And in 12 years, he's had two opportunities, clean opportunities, where he could have made a difference and voted to, to fix our broken immigration system. And he chose to go with tax cuts instead. I tell you what. Our immigration system is broken. I do support our Border Patrol agents. I do support enforcing our immigration laws. I do not support illegal immigration. However, I do also support DACA recipients who are in our country through no fault of their own for decades in some cases. And the former president threatened to send dreamers back to the country they came from. A lot of those dreamers live in the city of Hammond, and they've never even been in that country they quote unquote came from. I support dreamers. I support immigration. I do not support illegal immigration. And Todd Young's had plenty of chances to fix this, and he's failed us. Thank you. Mr. Young. That's just wrong. Uh, the talking points are wrong. Uh, let me say this. I, I, I spent time on the southern border. Uh, I operated uh, uh, within a Marine Corps unit that flew around drones, working with the uh, Drug Enforcement Agency, uh, Customs and Border Patrol, and others. And my job back in the 1990s was, was to try and do our part to deal with the drugs and, and the human trafficking uh, that we found in the Yuma sector of Arizona. Uh, that was nothing compared to the millions and millions uh, who have crossed the southern border since President Biden came into office. He eliminated Title 42, the public health protections. He stopped funding a border wall. Yes, we do indeed uh, need some actual fencing to help secure the border. Uh, he has not made resourcing the Customs and Border Patrol a priority. What's happened? Lots more drugs. In fact, the leading killer of 18 to 45-year-olds right now is fentanyl, most of it coming across the border, and that has fueled crime, all these drugs. Uh, Drugs coming across the border. Indianapolis is now the most dangerous city behind uh, San Thank Francisco, you, Chicago, New York. More dangerous Mr. than those Siniak, cities. Would you Thank like you. a rebuttal? I would. He said our talking seconds. points are wrong. And I agree. We do need secure borders. However, the best way to secure borders is allow for immigrations and those who do want to pursue the American dream to actually have a process in so that they don't have to cross illegally. When we have that process available, we can then easy make it much more easier to secure the border to those who do want to do harm, such as fentanyl and bringing that in our country. But we have to have that process first for those coming in. Thank you. Mr. McDermott, you may also have 30 seconds for rebuttal. Senator Young points out all the problems we have at our border, and what he doesn't point out is that he's had 12 years in Washington, D.C. to fix these problems and, and has been unsuccessful. You don't find me complaining too often about the city, Hammond, because I did. It's my responsibility to fix those problems that we have. Senator Young has been in Washington, D.C. for 12 years. He complains about the broken immigration system, a system he's done nothing to fix since he's been our U.S. Senator. We've given him 12 years to fix it. He's done nothing so far, so why don't we give somebody else a try? Mr. Young. Just a point of clarification out of respect for... Uh, 
one of my debaters, I, I, I do a, agree, just for clarification, that legal immigration reform is needed. I have supported it, uh, an important and uh, meritorious proposal came to the floor during the Trump, Trump administration, which would have given a path to legal status uh, for DACA recipients. The Democrats opposed that because they wanted another election year issue. I guess they think this is going to distract Hoosiers from the inflation challenges they're facing. Thank you. Do you support the decriminalizing or legalizing of marijuana at the federal level for medicinal and or recreational use? Mr. McDermott, we'll start with you. It's funny how I got that question. Um, yes, I do. I support the recreational and uh, medicinal use of marijuana. Um, you go to any cannabis store in any of the surrounding states, 33 states have legalized it. If you go to Illinois or Michigan right now and you go into the parking lot of a dispensary, you're going to see 75% of the plates in the parking lot are Hoosier license plates. People going to buy gummy bears so they can sleep better at night. And when they buy those gummy bears and they put them in their car and they drive back to Indiana, they become criminals under our Indiana code. They could be arrested and thrown in jail, which costs more money, which gives them a criminal record, and which is just backwards, in my opinion. This is an ancient policy that we still enforce in Indiana. It's dollars and cents. You know the state of Illinois made more money off of cannabis last year than they made off of taxing alcohol? And we don't want any of that in Indiana. We don't want the millions in jobs. We don't want the millions investment. We don't want the new economic development. We just want to keep arresting people. Yeah, I support legalization and decriminalization of cannabis. Thank you. Mr. Young. To put it charitably, this would not be my top priority right uh, now, running for public office, because Hoosiers don't want this to be my top priority. Um, this would probably be a third-tier priority. A first-tier priority would be inflation, the worst inflation in 40 years. Uh, gasoline over $4 a gallon. It, it was roughly $2 a gallon when the Biden-Harris uh, administration took office. Uh, we have national security issues. We have an open border. We have crime in our cities. So um, listen, I, I will work with state governments as they come up with their own laws. If there are federal barriers to them uh, enacting good laws, then uh, I certainly will consider that. One example would be safe banking legislation that would allow those states which have legalized uh, marijuana for, say, medicinal purposes uh, to uh, the, the monies earned uh, through those those uh, businesses could put uh, their, their marijuana earned monies into local banks. We should empower that uh, through our federal federally protected financial institutions. That's an example of where the federal government could get involved. Thank you. Mr. Siniak. It's interesting that he says a top-tier priority is inflation, and yet he spends more than Bernie Sanders and contributes to the debt, which increases the spending, which increases the printing of the Federal Reserve. We could do better with inflation. But on cannabis, I do support cannabis reform. The MORE Act was something that Congress passed, and yet the Senate failed to look at it. More Americans right now in the United States can get cannabis legally than illegally. It is something we need to reform, and it's like prohibition. Similar to alcohol, prohibition never worked. Cannabis is the same thing. We do need reform. There's two ways to do it. We could pass the MORE Act, or we could just take it off the schedule. Both of those are solutions for Hoosiers, so that we can actually increase our economy within that issue, like similar, like similar neighboring states, such as Michigan and Illinois. 
Thank you. Mr. McDermott, you have 30 seconds to rebut. Supporters of cannabis in Indiana have been getting a, what I call the Hoosier two-step. They have Governor Holcomb that says, we can't do anything in Indiana until the federal government makes it, uh, takes it off the Schedule One list of, of drugs. And then you talk to Senator Young, and he says, I believe in states' rights. It's up to Governor Holcomb on whether or not cannabis is going to be legalized in Indiana. That's two faces. That's the Hoosier two-step. And I tell you what, I think our U.S. senators should take the lead on this issue so that we can stop arresting Hoosiers, putting them in jail for having a plant in their pocket. Yes, Mr. Young, you have 30 seconds to rebut. Thank you. The issue of spending was brought up, and in the event it doesn't come up again, uh, discretionary spending has consistently gone down. That's annual spending that Congress appropriates gone down since uh, I first came into public office. I'd also note uh, that the uptick in spending that's been referred to multiple times now was a result of a global pandemic. It's the job of government to help people out during a global pandemic. What would have they cut? Household payments, paycheck protection program to ensure employers remain whole and, and will be there on the back end of the pandemic. Operation Warp Speed. Thank you. Mr. Siniak, you have 30 seconds to rebut. He claims that the spending is just with the pandemic. And he's right, there was some spending with the pandemic, yet it continues through things like the PACT Act. Absolutely ridiculous spending that he has shown bipartisan, bipartisanship with the Democrats to continue spending in Washington, D.C. So yes, the pandemic was part of it, but he doesn't acknowledge what he continues to do and put forth. Yes. Yes. I, I just want to say I will defend my support of the PACT Act. Uh, it's really important that we stand up for our veterans. They earn these benefits, and uh, I'm proud to have supported it. And I'd like to remind all of our candidates that we have so many questions, so I'd like us to restrain our use of rebuttals for the times most necessary. But to revisit a topic that came up organically earlier, I want to ask first, Mr. Young, what is your perspective on climate change, and what would you do as a senator and have done as a senator to address this issue? My perspective uh, is, is that the climate is indeed warming uh, based on reading a lot, visiting with a lot of people, uh, and um, trying to apply logic to the world around me. Uh, it's also that humans are contributing to that, though I think sometimes the level of precision uh, makes me skeptical. Uh, with that said, uh, taxing our way out of this isn't going to be the best way to do it. I do think some targeted spending at the federal level for research makes a lot of sense. Uh, I've consistently supported that. And then the private sector will come in and provide the bulk of, of capital. This is how we can innovate our way out of a climate crisis. Uh, the likes of, of, of Bill Gates and, and uh, a host of other uh, luminaries in this field uh, agree that this is the most realistic uh, way to do it. The way not to do this is applying uh, just incredible strictures on our oil and gas and transitioning uh, in the very short term from a fossil fuel based economy into uh, a, a, the green economy that increases the price of gas. Thank you. Mr. Siniak? We absolutely have to take care of our environment, but with crisis comes opportunity and opportunity for innovation. Things like what Holland did, where we can look at receding coastlines and, and have real solutions for these issues. But we have to protect our environment with good policy so that our future generations have an environment to be free in, to live and thrive in. If we don't have policies that protect our environment, then we are failing the next generations. So, yes, we need to make sure that global warming, we have policies, but we also need to encourage innovation, and with opportunity, we as Americans will thrive through this challenge. Thank you. Mr. McDermott. I believe in experts. Like when, you know, I believe in 
teachers, and I leave them alone when it comes to teaching. I believe in doctors when they tell us how to deal with pandemics. And I believe scientists when they tell us that the earth is warming. And I see it anecdotally with my own eyes. I see rivers and streams that I used to go to when I was a little kid that are completely dried up. I see, I see areas where I, I grew up that have constant fire season every summer when we used to never have fires. You know, climate change is a controversial issue in America and in the world, and it's hard to battle it across the world, but we can't even get on the same page in America. 50% of our population believes climate change is happening, the other 50% doesn't, and what we need our elected leaders to do is lead on this issue. Senator Young, lead and tell the people why we need to make these investments in clean energy. That's why I supported the Inflation Reduction Act, and I was so happy to see it made the biggest investment in green energy in American history, and I think that's leading, and we need to explain to the American people why we're doing what we're doing, and then we need to convince China, India, and the rest of the world to follow our example in America. Mr. Young, you have 30 seconds. It's hard to see how the Inflation uh, Protection Act would make a meaningful difference. It would double the number of auditors at the IRS. Uh, it, it would increase taxes on people who make less than $10,000 a year. That doesn't do much to help global warming. I've supported targeted investments in green energy technologies. In fact, uh, they're included in my Chips and Science Act. I would say with respect to experts, I'll, I'll trust experts, but you have to trust but verify. Fauci said don't wear a mask. Whatever you do, don't wear a mask. A few weeks later, he says, wear masks. Jake Sullivan said, we're going to withdraw Thank from you, Afghanistan Senator. in short order. No problem. Would you support the elimination or sunsetting of Social Security and Medicare? If not, how do you propose to pay for these programs in the future, given the fact they are scheduled to run out of money very soon? Mr. Siniak, you have the first response. Social Security is a concern, and I hear it from Hoosiers everywhere. I, I have many come to me and say, I need Social Security, and others that come to me and say, we have to do better so that I can actually receive something. There is a plan out there. It's the Cato 6.2% plan, and this will make it solvable. We can do better with Social Security. The 6.2% plan is exactly that. What it does is it allows for individuals like myself to be able to opt out while my employer still pays half of it so that those who need Social Security can still have that security. However, it allows for more opportunity for those in my generation to flourish with our retirement funding. So the 6.2% plan will make it solvable, and I believe that this is what America needs. Thank you. Mr. McDermott? I plan to, to protect Social Security because it's a promise we made to the American people. I paid my first Social Security payment at the age of 16 when I worked at McDonald's and I discovered over the course of my career that all this money I'm paying is eventually going to come back to me when I'm older and I need that money. It's a promise we make to the American people and it's a promise that I intend to keep as, our, as your next U.S. Senator. You know, Senator Young, when he was running for Congress in 2010, described the Social Security system as a Ponzi scheme. Well, I don't think it's a Ponzi scheme. But I do think we need to keep our hands off of it in Washington, D.C. And we do need to do things to shore up that system. You know, um, and I'm super happy that a cost of living adjustment is going into effect this year to offset the high rate of inflation. I think it's totally appropriate to give our seniors and the people that depend on Social Security, the disabled, and our elderly to make sure that they get an 8% adjustment to match the inflation rate. So thank you. Thank you. Mr. Young. Listen, my mom's on Social Security. 
I represent countless uh, Hoosier seniors who are on Social Security. This program is essential. Uh, we dishonor those seniors if, if we don't uh, keep our promises to them about the number of benefits uh, that they've been promised over the years. But this program must be saved. Right now, it is, it is uh, insolvent, uh, any auditor will tell you. And uh, we need to come together in a bipartisan way. Stop the demagoguing. Stop the demagoguing. Come together and fix this. Save Social Security. What I'm hearing mostly from seniors right now, though, is, is not about Social Security. They still have a few years before they're hearing that that program won't have enough money coming in to pay out all the promised benefits. I'm hearing about inflation. It's the cruelest form of tax. It disproportionately hurts people of modest means and those on fixed incomes. It disproportionately hurts our senior citizens. Stop the inflation. This COLA adjustment is, is uh, piddly compared to the, the consumption needs of, of Hoosier seniors. Thank you. And at this point, I'll tell our candidates that we'll refrain from rebutting in order to get through questions for the next few minutes. Mr. McDermott, do you believe there's a growing white supremacist movement in this country? And if so, what can public officials do to address this? I believe America has race problems and white supremacy issues, absolutely. I'm not sure if it's growing or not because I'm so far removed from any of that ideological thought. Uh, it's hard for me to even comprehend it. But I think it's dangerous when I see our elected officials hanging out with insurrectionists like Oath Keepers and posing with Oath Keepers and posing with military-style assault weapons with Oath Keepers. I think that's dangerous to, to our government. I think that's dangerous to our republic. And it's something I would never do. Uh, white supremacy is a problem. Racial issues in America are definitely a problem. I'm not sure if it's growing or not, but it's definitely a problem. And, I, you know, when President Obama was elected president of the United States in 2008, I was so hopeful that America was turning the corner on our ugly past with racial uh, politics. And unfortunately, we've all discovered that it's only gotten worse since 2008. It's something that we're going to have to keep working on. Uh, so anyway, thank you very much for the question. Thank you. Mr. Young. I think the DOJ has some compelling reports on this, and it, I, I agree with Mr. McDermott. I'm, I'm uh, concerned about this as well. In the end, I, I believe we all need to engage in individual responsibility, and those who, who don't, those who are violent, uh, those who engage in, in race-based violence in particular, uh, need to be held to account by uh, our local prosecutors um, and in, in entire criminal justice system. Uh, BLM and Antifa also deserve... Uh, mention as uh, some radical hate groups who have been involved in violence here in, in this city of Indianapolis in recent years. So it needs to stop coming from all corners. Thank you. Mr. Siniak. For far too long, we've allowed petty differences from allowing us to see our neighbors. And any concern of growing hate is a concern. I come from a very diverse family. I have black siblings. I have Hispanic nephews that I helped raise. And we absolutely have to look at taking care of everybody. The concern of hate groups, we have to have good policy that creates a system where we have a balance and checks and balances of fairness so that those who are minority communities can feel the freedoms from the oppression. If our neighbors are feeling this concern, we have to take a real look at it because I'm not one that can make that claim, but they are. So if they feel that concern, let's investigate it. Thank you. 
Now, I do want to offer one rebuttal to this question, given the time that we have, and I appreciate the candidate's collegiality and allowing me to temporarily restrain our rebuttal. I offer 30 seconds to any candidate who would like to take it, and you don't have to take it. Is that a rebuttal to pertaining any of to the last yes. question? Yes. Would you like that, Senator Young? Uh, no, thank you. I just wanted to clarify. I understand. Anyone else? Okay. So at this point, we are coming close to our end of our debate, and I would like to address our final question. So now it is time for the final question this evening. For this question, each candidate has one minute to respond, and the question is this. What specific accomplishments can we expect from you in the next six years if you are elected? Mr. Seniak, you get to go first. I believe in bringing back public service to Washington, D.C. I believe that as a senator, it's not what I am going to get out of being a senator, but what I can do for you. I want to take care of our veterans through my vet care policies. I want to take care of Hoosiers and their wallets through good economic policy. And I want to ensure civil liberties are in place so that we can pass those freedoms on to the next generation. As a senator, these are my top three priorities that I will fight for in Washington, D.C. I want Hoosiers to live the best lives now, but also with sound policy that will ensure that same civil liberties and freedoms for the next generation and the generation after that. We have to be not so narrow-minded with our spending, but we have to look for economic stability, and I appreciate tonight's civil discussions. Thank you. To remind the candidates of the question, Mr. McDermott, what specific accomplishments can we expect from you in the next six years if elected? And this is the last question, right? It is. That is. I'm going to, who's your women? Trust me. Uh, I'm on an all-woman ticket right now, right, right now. And November 8th, 2022 is about who's your women? Women who've lost their reproductive rights. And even though I'm a man, who's your women? Trust me to do the right thing when I win on November 8th. And I know why I'm going to win on November 8th is because who's your women? voted in record numbers to elect me as their next U.S. Senator, and I promise Hoosier women, when I go to Washington, D.C., I'm going to know why I got there. I got there because you voted for me, you trusted me, and when I go to Washington, D.C., I will not rest until Roe versus Wade is codified and Hoosier women have the protections that they had a couple months ago. And Senator Young doesn't deserve another six years in Washington, D.C., because he turned his back on women when he appointed three people to the U.S. Supreme Court. He turned his back on veterans when he voted two times against the PACT Act, and he voted against seniors when he voted against lowering prescription drug costs. We can't afford another six years of Todd Young in the United States Senate. Vote for Tom McDermott, GoMcDermott.com. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. McDermott. And Mr. Young, I'll remind you, the final question this evening is what specific accomplishments can we expect from you in the next six years if you are reelected? Well, thank you. I, I again want to thank my uh, fellow debaters this evening for uh, this opportunity. Hoosiers want a fighter during this time. Hoosiers are hurting because of, of the out-of-control spending from the Biden-Harris administration, which has catalyzed inflation. They want a fighter who has the courage to stand up against these profligate spending patterns. I will do that in the future if Hoosiers give me their trust and support the next six years. But I won't miss an opportunity to partner with folks on the other side of the aisle when they have good ideas in the best interest of Hoosiers. I'll do that with respect to national security issues. I'll do that with respect to innovation issues. I'll do that with respect to bringing high-tech jobs here in Indiana. In fact, I did all of those things 
when I worked together with some prominent Democrats to pass the Chips in Science Act. Uh, they can expect more of that good government, uh, which is infused with a whole lot of loyal opposition when necessary. Uh, if they give me another six years, I hope to earn their trust and support. Thank you. Thank you. And now I'd like to thank each of our candidates here today, this evening. The first candidate, incumbent Republican Senator Todd Young, our second, Libertarian James Siniak, and our third candidate, Democrat Tom McDermott. Thank you for participating in this evening's debate. Thank you. Candidates, thank you. on behalf of the Indiana Debate Commission, thank you again for participating this evening. The Commission is a nonprofit organization that depends on many affiliates to make events like these possible. We want to thank all of them for their participation. Finally, thank you to all of you in our audience of voters. Thank you for submitting questions. Thank you for watching or listening. Now it is your turn to make your voice heard and cast your, boot, both, your vote in the voting booth. For the Indiana Debate Commission, I'm Dr. Laura Merrifield-Wilson. Thank you again for tuning in, and good night. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.